So um, you recently returned from an international journey to the great Jacksonville, the great sunshine state. And we're back here in the studio for uh, everyone's favorite year in listicles. That's right. It's time for the best ofs. What was great? What was entertaining? Maybe not so entertaining. Maybe we might not agree with all the lists around the internet, but we're going to discuss them because we're open-minded. We're barely into 2023, and we want to take a look back um, at a year that was. But first off, yeah, I got to see some family in Florida and the great state of um, North Florida. I watched... Three children under the age of 10 go goblin mode on Christmas presents. <laughs> um, I got to spend some time with some people that uh, I haven't seen for uh, a little while, which is what we really That's enjoy. Wonderful. That's what we enjoy about the holidays. How How is your doubleheader of holidays? You celebrate Kwanzaa. Oh, yeah. You celebrate, not Kwanzaa. You celebrate Hanukkah. R- and Ramadan the- and Kwanzaa. Nice. But for the children, you give them a I'm real an American. Afro, Afro-Islamist. Well, we know those to be the truest Jews that are out there. The <laughs> Just listen to Kanye West and uh, the Kanye blacks West. are the real Jews. I think that's a little foreshadowing for our list ahead for this evening. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't want to get too, uh, too ahead of myself and too ahead of ourselves, but... Um, was uh was pretty nice you know some fe- some small family events in the area in the in the south florida region yeah um, so family family on my mom's side family on my dad's side you know some small adventures nothing nothing too significant nothing like a trip to jacksonville florida an elite family holiday destination and an elite sports city Again, something that we'll get into. It's the winning, it's the winning franchise, the Jacksonville Jaguars, heading towards the Super Bowl. Um, speaking of football, um, back to uh, the Garbage Juice Podcast, Celebrity International uh, Tournament of Champions. Mm. Um, we have a league. Yeah, we have a fantasy league. There is a championship game this week. Because it's week 17, the Tucker Carlson and the Hunter Biden squads going going at it with both nine and five records. So we love to see great competition. Also, uh, a history between those two. Uh, You can look it up, um, you listener at home, if you want to know. Those guys go back. Uh, so there's there's a lot of interaction. We wish we would wish both those gentlemen luck, and whether they know they're in this fantasy league or not, they will be both receiving prize awards from the Garbage Juice Podcast Universe. Hunter will be receiving a new laptop, and yes. Tucker, uh, I don't know what to get for Tucker just yet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get a man that's got everything? Exactly, exactly. I, I was thinking like yeah. a can't tuck the tuck T-shirt, something it, of that nature. We'll get that T-shirt line going. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say, let's try to keep this aspect ratio with not uh, sharing the screen. So don't don't share the yeah, screen. Because your, I can, your, okay. Because it's really helpful for us to discuss it when it's a shared screen, but it becomes excruciating 
on the editing side from what I'm working with. And at this size, our, our faces are good enough to be able to, you know, have like content that someone might do. Like you had mentioned about TikTok, you know, you just have yeah. people, I think like basically just people either dancing, talking, or pretending to talk with some computer voice in the background with yeah. some type of theme behind it. And um, uh, side note, listener, look forward to 2023. Garbage Use Podcast is going to be doing a lot of dancing videos. We know that that is the new trend. That's the hottest thing that um, two guys in their mid-30s and late-50s could be doing with their time. So, <laughs> look forward, we're, look, we're looking forward to giving that out, that payment Yeah, we're, to all we're of chasing our trends. We're, yeah. we're trend chasers. We're, we're not the setters. We're okay with that. We're sweaty, aging trend chasers. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the people that they're going to talk about that when they say, you know, like they say now that uh, Facebook was ruined by the boomers. Yes. The Gen Z is going to say that the elder millennials ruined TikTok. So we came on there and we didn't really understand what it was meant for, which is yeah, social, social justice and the fight against the patriarchy. Whereas yes. for us, we're, we're just trying to you know make money. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, there's going to be a lot of angry younger people that will uh, be mad at us for stealing from what we'll call them native TikTok voices. <laughs> where, <laughs> eh, we might be looked at as colonizing their spaces, and we might we might have to pay for those sins at a certain um, yet to be named trial. Well, oh, I did I did go to Disney World. That's one place I did go uh, about ten days ago. Disney time with the children. And um, it was very expensive. And it's <laughs> it, it all has the feeling of like a modern Christian church, but wrapped in like, uh, like uh, fantasy characters and everything. Like they could just as well be singing about Jesus and God, but they're singing about Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... The, the music, the, just the way things are, it, it's all a bit strange. It's all a bit cultish, I would say. Um, Vibes are off? Yeah, well, for, for an adult with any discerning, uh, <laughs> with a discerning mind, would walk, you know, I go there with my children and they enjoy it, so that's why I'm there. I could never see, you know, you see people going there, like actual human beings without children. And it it's a bit shocking to me. It's a Big bit yikes. concerning to me. And and despite the parks being $150 per person per day, and plus all this all the expenses that go into that, um, it is packed. There is not a single person missing. Um I would assume that people are just saving all their money to go to a year, once a year, once every two years Disney trip. Kind of what it seems like right uh but but i'm not really sure you know i'm no macroeconomics guy here i mean if you're in the state a lot of the population is within like a three-hour drive right would be yeah. within three hours well yeah i wouldn't consider people who actually who live in orlando actual humans so they don't really count towards population totals do they but, have one of know, those that seasonal passes where you just go as many times as you want for uh $40,000 or something look yeah there's there's a Disney vacation club where you can drop 30k I think I told you about this and you can go I I don't you know what I don't even I don't even know what all those things are because they're absolutely irrelevant 
to me. It's like when you have a lot of money and you don't want to plan anything, you just want to show up um, with your kids and do that thing. Uh, um, as most as most of us would have experienced with our parents, go to the park to buy a ticket before the the internet that we know and love. In order to make it, so what I did was I took an edible while oh, I was there both days. Smart. And that that made it just way more bearable because you see couples like literally breaking down on each other, like the fabric oh. of relationships tearing. And it, it it's not even, you know, it, there's people who go to, to these parks um, in July, in August, mm. you know, when Orlando is uh, inhabitable hum from a human standpoint, like it is 110 degrees, 99% humidity in Orlando, not a breeze in sight. So I can mm. imagine, I can believe like at those times, yeah, you see it. But even when we went a couple uh, weeks ago, you know, the weather was pretty nice. You see these people just breaking at the seams um, and, and just having... I saw a woman grab the phone out of her husband's hand while they're walking and be like, just give that to me. I do it better than you anyway. I saw another woman yelling at her husband not to touch their children, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then the guy kind of walking sheepishly yes. behind her, you know, as she like stormed away with one of the kids. These aren't so your you children see, anyway. You get out of here. Where's, you, where, you really? Look it up. Look at, I, okay, honey, I'm trying. It's, it's Pineapple Cove Pavilion <laughs> Snow Cone Bar. It says here we're in the east. We're in the east wing of uh, Treasure Mouse Goofy Duck. <laughs> just give me that phone. Yeah. It, oh, exactly. Exactly. I did, yeah. I did, like um, he's just spinning around with the phone, and and she just runs past and and takes it right out of his hand. It makes sense why um, for a lot of our. Um, our, our way of life for hundreds of years, at least recorded history before the life we know now, um, you would find an evil woman and you would take her into deep into um, the forest or you'd bring her into town center and you'd, you'd burn her to sacrifice for the townspeople to eliminate the evil spirits. <laughs> as we, as everyone knows, this is a, uh, it's a feminist show and we just like to appreciate <laughs> The power of women and what they have and before modern advances in technology um, with uh, like MRI machines and x-rays, mm. we could see that there was no witch inside of your um, child or spouse. Your, yeah. But the lady that lived uh, alone, she didn't actually eat any children. You could see we could see in her stomach now because we could take her to get an MRI. You see how many bones, children bones, were ground up in there. And forensics. Also carbon dating. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get in, in more into carbon dating fetuses later this the, in the new year, 2023. Right, right, right. But I, I think, think that's, that's a perfect content. opportunity to segue into uh the list show. The list show, list show, list show, list show. List show. Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit, and if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. 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 Oh yeah! Oh yeah!
we got a lot to cover and not a lot of time. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into. We're gonna this. cut the the whole yeah. last thirty minutes right off right off the show. Yeah, if you're listening to this, this part won't make sense because you won't have heard it. <laughs> we'll just uh, yeah, we'll go right into it. On this episode, we'd like to look back at 2022 and admire a year we all will surely forget. The laughs, the cries, the return of social joys, and the ever worsening supply chain terrors. Now is a time we can look back at the end of COVID-19, China virus, and the beginning of voluminous silhouettes. Yes, everyone's favorite fashion trend, defined by oversized shirting, balloon silhouettes, and continuation of the puff sleeve, dresses, and tops. I know you're a big fashion guy, Lee. We both are. It's a big part of our show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you're like me, you are well aware that 2022 happened, but it's hard to recall specifics because the most memory space available in your brain is filled with what places nearby can sell you pizza and websites that offer free top tier macrophilia content. And we'll put a link up in the show notes to, to let you know that that's just large women that uh, learn mm. how to crush you. I think a great place to dive in as we peer into the abyss of online. Uh, let's see the internet's top curators are saying. Let's see what the people that are that are pushing the waves and the trends have to say about that kind of stuff. Specifically, those voices from a little website known as Year in Lists. Now, listener, if you're chronically online like myself, you might have come across this one while uh, just wondering what what are people saying about 2022. And why, why do I not remember anything? So we're going to go through the year and list. And what we find with year and list is that it will give you the list of like the websites and articles, journals that you won't be able to click through if you're like me and have zero subscriptions to any newspaper because the, the news is it's not really important. But we're going we're gonna to cover it. We're going to cover it in the Garbage Use Podcast way. The entertainment way. Um, now, they cover movies, TV shows, music, books, poetry, and podcasts. But I think we're going to narrow that down for this show. I think we're going to get right into movies, TV shows, music, poetry. Nope, sorry. Podcasts, not poetry. We'll do what we're doing. <laughs> that, that's right. Movies, TV shows, music, and podcasts. But also, the conversation is not over with that. We're going to include some sports moments, and I'm going to be leaning on Lee to cover some of that, and uh, we're, we're going to be shooting the shit on just really great topics all around. Uh, so first up, we're going to go movies. Um, we're going to cover the movies from what is published here as the Chicago Tribune, but I also believe that it, it matches right up with the New York Times. So this is a I'm confirmed sure. no list. Yeah, so it's going to be like, um, all, the, all those newspapers across the country, they're going to have the same collective uh, agreements about what made the top 10. Lee, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say, just guess a movie that might be on the top 10 from 2022. Um, Without oof. looking at the list, if you hadn't looked at the list already, <laughs> could you name... How many how many movies that came out in 2022 could you name and could you say without looking at the list might be on the list? Does Avatar does Avatar count? 
doesn't is not on there. Uh, I don't know. I don't. You know, I, I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I watch movies on planes, and those movies are usually not very good. You can uh, say that these movies are cut. It's okay. It's a part of our show. <laughs> It's our show. We can say anything we want about. I mean, it. I'm looking at the list now, and um, I know yeah, one of we them don't know because it's a kids movie. Okay. I saw another one so, somehow, um, and it was horrendous. It was laughably bad, uh, and yeah, the rest I don't I don't know anything about. So, so I don't know. Gonna, I don't know. Uh, but. We we don't have a lot of time on the show, so we're gonna we're gonna blast through this list. Uh, it says number one, uh, starting one. Don't we want to go from ten? See, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's a consensus of it because I'm looking at number ten and it says Woman King, and that sound that sounds like a number ten. Uh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think Woman King would be number one. Did you see Woman King? Are we gonna go no. through each of these and be like, did you see any? No, because we didn't see any of them. Neither of us saw any of them except for you seeing the kids movie and maybe you seeing another one. So uh, number one is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. By Laura Poitras. Poitras? Poitras. Uh, it's on a lot of year-end lists. <laughs> number two, compartment number six. Chaos Moon Kosmanen. Uh, number three, EO. Jer- so I, I seen something about a donkey. I do remember seeing something about a, a EO and a donkey, and that kind of made sense by uh, Scully Mouski. Scully Mouski. Um, number four, Marcel, the shell with shoes on, uh, Dean Flesher camp. Number five, Kimmy, uh, Soderbergh film. That's the one I saw. That's the one Kimmy. I saw. Yeah. It Any was thoughts? horrendous. Don't horrendous. A non-recommend. Yeah, it was awful. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how anyone could find that movie good. Number six. Let the little light shine. Let the little light shine uh, by Shaw, Kevin Shaw. Is that the kids' movie? No, no, that's uh, that's a Black Lives Matter movie. I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, I'll cut that part then. <laughs> Saint Omer uh, by Alice Di Dio Dio. Eight Tar Todd Field. Tar is a show that at least her people talk about, and they appreciated it. Um, so I might try to catch that one. Number nine, Turning Red. Domi. So that's she. the kids' movie. That's all the right. kids' movie. That's and a what movie. it and and you recommend it for all ages but for children under yeah yeah like like so basically it's a movie based uh, during the early two thousands. It's an animated movie where a, a girl little Chinese girl uh, turns uh, into a red panda representing her having her period and her and all of the absolute mayhem that occurs from her panda transformation uh, turning into a giant panda. That's why it's called turning red, turning into a giant red panda. And um, then uh, hilarity ensues, but a great soundtrack. They brought, they kind of created a lot of so- uh, songs in that movie uh, from that era, that boy band era. So they're all into boy bands. Oh. And they kind of create oh, nice. some boy band era tunes. Well, uh, which is great. 
Yeah, for sure. Nostalgia for uh, she's got like a Tamagotchi listener. on her uh, backpack. You know, a lot, a lot of a lot of nostalgia for the parents because you know anyone who was conscious at that time is a, probably a parent now or has a chance to be. Good chance. Um, yeah, and uh, so yeah, I, if you got a kid, yeah, watch it. Great recommendation. Thank you for that. And uh, <laughs> last but not least on the list, The Woman King, which I remember people talking about it because it's such a strong, powerful name for a movie. It's almost unfair to be able to use that as your title. Um, because <laughs> let's face it, all women are kings. And all, for sure. And all kings are women somewhere inside. So we have a, we have women to thank for uh, strength and power in, in community and society. And we, we, we bend the knee. At here at Garbage Juice Podcast to the Woman King, um, a a the only um, unanimous uh, double double thumbs up from the um, from your co mics here, myself and Lee. Uh, yeah, so that's that one's got the stamp seal of approval. Um, okay. Now the now, now we're gonna do our list of movies. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> listener Lee and I coordinated on, on this list for a, for a long time. Uh, we we got back, we got started on this, I believe. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna just. Can I just say uh, one thing? Uh, that movie, that list was horrible. Oh, the the Chicago Tribune's top. Yeah, the, the, like I was looking them up as you're going through them, and besides the two that I've seen, which are mediocre at best, forgettable movies, uh, the other eight. Uh, look, I'm not going to bring Woman King into this because uh, by by saying anything about that movie, but the other witchcraft, let's say, yeah, uh, the other ones, I read all of the descriptions and they're all, uh, they all seem awful. So um, our end list is going to be uh, far better. Look, e EO, much, much stronger. EO, look, 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 a donkey wanders around Europe, meeting people and experiencing turns of fortune. That's that's the the summary of EO, which is on that top 10 list. It's heading Europe. It's a Europe based film. <laughs> a donkey wanders around Europe, meeting people and experiencing turns of fortune. Well, I just hope that they got an authentic European donkey to do yeah, this. Role. I bet they did. I bet they did. All right. Well, well on to the back. On to the actual. On to the actual list. Trying to do a British accent. So we have our number one overall. As I mean, you're gonna guess it, folks listening at home. That's right. Avatar Two: Way of the Water. Way of Water. You could say it either way. Jake Sully. And Nightieri have formed a family. That's right. And if you remember, folks, this is a movie that came out um, probably in uh, the late 90s, if I had to guess. The, the original Avatar came out somewhere, somewhere around 98 to 2008. So it's at least uh, a decade plus old. And uh, Jake Sully is the... So the sky, he's a part of what they call the sky people. The sky people, of course, are us Americans coming from Earth because our world <laughs> has been burnt to a crisp <laughs> by um, what we could probably assume just poor Democratic leadership and the, the lying, cheating uh, Joe Brandon. So we have <laughs> we have a situation where government took control and they ruined it for everyone. And this is so. This is a time. This is an alternate timeline type um, 
Earth film, kind of like Game of Thrones. It's not exactly our history, but it's very close. It's very close to the Middle Ages. A lot of people have discussed that in great detail, a lot of critics. Um, so Jake and his avatar lady, he has, an, he's a, he has a real native Navi Pandorian of the forest people. And they mm-hmm. were able to get married because the concept of an avatar is going into a living, breathing <clears throat> flesh meat sack of an actual 11, 9 to 11 foot tall blue person that they call the Navi. So the Navi are a people similar to us earthlings, but better probably in every way. Um, their, their fighting skills, their connection with uh, their mother and the earth, um, each other, they have tails. They're able to control animals without direct violence for the most part. Um, just checking all the boxes of what's really important for um, <laughs> animals and or children as that's well. That's right. That's right. Without violence. Yeah. And James Cameron, of course, has done a wonderful job here. Um, just creating an entire universe. And I'm going to make a prediction right now with what he's doing because he's essentially trying to resurrect something that's very old. And the reason, a uh, reason amongst many reasons that people are talking about taking a long time for the sequels to return is because he's a very n- meticulous worker. And mm-hmm. as a, um, as the boss on set, he wants things to be done right. But what I, but what my prediction is the buzz will continue about Avatar and we will get more of a, nationwide hype about the next one and the one following that as time goes on because it's a master scheme to learn and to know how to push forward to bring about the hype and the the bigger picture of how to get people back in the theaters and get them entertained and so we see recently the new release of the second in the installment and we know that he made three at a time in New Zealand, or he's making that as as he's been mm. through the pandemic. So we're going to get, I guess, into four total avatars when it's all said and done. And that could be damn near 2030s. And it'll cause, I think it'll cause a good amount of excitement, the same way that people follow superhero films of today. And I do have recommendations. I won't go in, uh, I guess, to all of my Wikipedia paragraph that I've shared. Um, but we, we know that um, we know that James Cameron did this thing where he created a little submarine so he could be the first person to reach the depths of the Mariana Trench so he could also be someone to discover more about the Titanic because he wanted to know more. And it's a very similar path that we take here at Garbage Juice Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're willing to create new technologies to get people laughing and feeling great and thinking about um, the show and not being able to do anything but waiting in line to consume more garbage juice content. Mm-hmm. Um, we, want, we want people to know that we will be there just like James Cameron was there at the bottom of the ocean. We'll be at the bottom of the metaphorical podcasting trench. That's where we are now. We're at the, the depths of the list of podcasts. 
trench bottom. <laughs> We've got to rise to the top, right? We're looking we gotta, to take. We gotta, we're looking to hop in with James Cameron, his submarine device. He goes from the top to the bottom. He picks us up, and we ascend. Mm. Hopefully, no bends to come. Yeah, uh, folks. Uh, ten out of ten. Five bags of popcorn. Eleven thumbs that, up. Ryan, did you see this movie, Avatar Two? Yes. No, not, not yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I absolutely saw this movie. I saw it in theaters the way it was meant to be seen in a standard theater with no luxuries of comfort. There was no reclining seats. It did not have service. There was no beer to be served at there. It was a very standard seating, upright. Uh, the the finished concrete floors were finished probably before we were born. It was an amazing theater that I didn't even know existed anymore. I felt like I was back in a Pablo theater <laughs> on Third Street in South Jack's Beach for the first time since I was a teenager. This really, this is a great no amenities. We had popcorn, Mike and no amenities. We got seats, in there. There was Coke, maybe and, and that's it. There was maybe six other people in there. Two of them were children, and I got to say, it's not necessarily a children's movie. There's a couple amazing scenes. One of which a whale harpooner gets his uh, arm uh, pinched off by a high-tension cable in an uh, accident where the whales, uh, the, the Pandora whales uh, called the Tolkien, learn how to fight back because they're, they're a thousand times smarter than humans. And then there's it, also... Aren't, they, aren't humans trying to kill the whales for something? Like, they, 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 they need to... If they eat the whale brain, they become, like... Uh, invincible or immortal or something like this. It's a we we understand why they'd be motivated. I, I want some of that whale, whale the brain. The serum from the brain of the Tolkien, which is essentially a, like a blue whale a type creature. Once extracted, it, it's only filling up. Like imagine like something the size of the largest Monster Energy drink can. Nice. So something in that. Like a 24 30. ounce, like a 40 ounce, maybe. Do they maybe. make 40 ounce monster energy drinks anymore? I believe, or have they, I ever? believe they should, but they, yeah, the big <laughs> they're cans, not, they should get on that. The big cans, uh, imagine that size, uh, a syringe, and you're pulling up through the you're inside the whale's mouth again, maybe more uh, film reference there, and then you're extracting it through a drill extraction method. Um, it's very detailed. Again, which adds to the length of the movie. It adds to the world <laughs> that we're witnessing. How, um, how long is this movie? The I I want to say it's it's like three hours, but when you're there, it's a joy. It's a breeze. You want <laughs> you're at the, at the edge of your seat begging for more. Um, another amazing scene. I won't give it away too much to our listener. The um, the Navi, the the blue people fighting scenes. A lot of battle scenes. Some of their best weaponry is long uh, arrows and bows. So they're mm -hmm. launching the bows while they're riding their dragon creatures because they're connected via their their uh, cerebral link to their, their animal, their spirit animal. And they can throw through the cockpit of the fighter jets and the uh, like Apache version helicopters that they use from the sky people. Again, this is just... This is just like a uh, metaphor for colonizers. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. For colonizing spaces. Um, where they're trying to, they're looking for resources because um, Earth is not doing so hot. Again, probably because we don't know why specifically. But we'll look <laughs> back at the first one. Uh, again, moving on, because we, uh, we're, we're, um, we're going over our list, folks. The list of the Garbage Juice Podcast Top 2020 Films of 2022. Top, 2020, top 10 2022 Film Bests. And mm-hmm. as you guessed it, as I think we all guessed it, the number one movie of the world since uh, the pandemic happened. It's got to be a movie that you and I know. Three, two, one. Okay, I'll cut that in to be better on the audio. <laughs> Are we talking about Top Maverick. Gun? Maverick, Top Gun. Top Gun, Maverick. I guess because it's called Maverick. It's made me also tell people, um, yeah, the new Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible. He is filming Mission Impossible. <laughs> and from yeah. one Hollywood legend to another, uh, speaking of people that are doing wonderful things for movies, Tom Cruise is wanting people to get into the movies. He refused for Top Gun to, to go anywhere near streaming services because he mm-hmm. wants people to get back in the movies. And it's an amazing thing for someone that is so insane to do he's but he's he's driven and and he's got a moral code we need that and speaking speaking of uh life from childhood to to adulthood a big theme on this episode um you need to know folks any of our younger listeners out there you gotta have yourself a compass a moral one a personal one otherwise you're just gonna end up going right into the terrible movies listed by the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> we won't get into that. But what we will say is, I don't need to see this movie. I know it's a, it's a top. It's yeah, a top no, I, I don't need to see it either. Yeah. I, I will see it. I just it. know it's incredible. I will see it. but I, When it comes out on VHS, yeah. I'll make sure to get it. And no, Tom says no, not to stream it. I still think it's going to be on streaming at some point. But Well, they had it on the plane. You know, that's like it's already on the plane. You know, well, you want to talk about the the probably the worst movie viewing experience is on an airplane. So, so that that ship's already sailed. Yes, yes, indeed. We'll go into number three, number three on our list here. Again, I did not see this film, but does it matter? No. Why? Because Jackass Forever is number three. Jackass is a staple of millennial comedy and deserves all the accolades of highly awarded cinema. It's, it's, it's facts. We know this to be true. We're gonna we're gonna catch up on this sooner or later. Again, I had a big catalog of media to ingest since 2022 on a um, on the right type of uh, pace because we need to mm-hmm. we need to know that we cannot go go about it too fast. Otherwise, we will get tummy aches, and we know that. <laughs> if you're a listener, you know that about the hey, show. Tummy boys. Unite over understanding about sometimes we need to avoid things that make us nauseous. Uh, number four, The Northman. Again, not a movie Never I saw. saw it. Didn't see it, but uh, it's one I'd like to see. Um, I heard it totally slaps. And as a vibe, this film truly promotes guys being guys, which totally rules. 
Yeah, uh, I'm. No, I you know I never saw of, it, but uh, I heard it was movie? really long. Is it long? No, that was that was the Irishman. Sorry, I'm confusing the Irishman and the Northman. Um, I do want to see this like Viking uh, pillaging movie though. It seems pretty yeah. dope. Yeah, right. So, yeah. I'm with you on that. There was a group of people. There's a group of guys um, that brought in ground beef to eat raw in the theater while they watched it. I remember hearing that. Oh, that's- so. That's pretty badass. We need more of those trends. What's up next? Number five. Uh, I did see this one. Woke Batman. I I, I saw it too. Woke Woke Batman. Batman. I I can't tell you what it's about, but I did see it. I know I saw it. I know Robert Pat Pat Patter Patson Patson was the Batman. Which we're friend of the show, Robert Pattinson. uh, Delightful to watch. And, and the uh, sporadic and horrific The Lighthouse with William Defoe, two um, legends of the screen. He's also in a movie, another crazy movie. Uh, with uh, A24 and yeah. the Safdie brothers, right? Yeah, the Safdie brothers movie. That, that was the one that really turned what me about. That? Yeah, um, that's that's when he, good time. Good time. Yeah, we that was about watch, five years ago. We should watch that one for for a show in itself. Oh, for sure. If you haven't no, seen good it, time listener, is nuts. Good time. It has the same feel as Uncut Gems. Yeah. Highly suspenseful movie. Also, coincidentally, the last movie I saw in theaters before Avatar. The last movie <laughs> I saw in theaters. Circa December 2019, yeah, I, I, January 2020, something like that. I, I honestly couldn't even tell you the last movie I saw in theaters. But anyway, um, what's up next? Number six. So, yeah, Batman, I don't know what that was about. I know I saw it. I know he had a car. <laughs> a Haley Berry was in that movie, right? Isn't she Catwoman? No, you're th- it's this Catwoman is um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Ah, oh, this, oh, Lo, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Okay. Oh, I, I believe oh, she, she uh, an amazing beauty. I, uh, she's all, Halle Berry. They all look alike. The Catwoman. <laughs> Catwoman. All the Catwoman look alike. They do. They do a good job. It's, um, um, it's scene to scene consistency and integrity. It's just, it's a big part of, uh, nod to the, um, all the crew that works hard to keep the consistency of um, the show and the, the, the characters together. Uh, right. Number six, uh, friend of the show. Yeah, wasn't Halle Berry. You're sure. Okay. Whatever. I, uh, I think, I think that um, it was definitely not Halle Berry because she did it years ago. Right. But can't they like CG? Didn't, did they like CGI her in there or something in that tight leather suit? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you're getting some <laughs> fantasy. She is confused. probably pretty old by this time. Yeah. All right. So what's number six? Uh, friend of the show, Jordan Peele, is at it again with another. I didn't see this one either, but it doesn't matter. I, I saw it. I saw, saw it. it. How do you feel about it? I saw it. Well, is the, six the not movie's high called enough? Nope. Movie's called Nope. Um, it was it was uh, pretty good. I th- um, it was an interesting premise. It's It's a horror movie for sure, but... It wasn't it wasn't necessarily terrifying it was disturbing at points uh, yeah it's the, i'd say it's worth a watch you know it's it's a unique it's a unique film for sure good actors 
Right. A, a unique plot. You know, anything that's not a derivative, anything that doesn't have two next to its name or is the 17th Batman to come out. You know, I give props to original concepts um, that don't make this Chicago Tribune's top 10 list. Anything that's an original concept that doesn't make their list, it's probably a pretty good movie. At now. So, yeah, nope, at, is, nope is decent. At this point, we are championing for the the underdog. We, are, we have formed a solidarity with those not in alliance with some type of deep deep state cabal deep state media from new york times to la times and everywhere in between that's hosting that article because i imagine it to be the same thing although i don't see i just i, I did some clicking around and it kind of looked the same um number seven because of the delay on getting this episode out i did get a chance to watch most of this one and it's great folks banshees of internation now i've got to work on my irish northern irish coastal island accent because it's a good one it's one of the better accents out there and imagine what it would be like to have someone insanely annoying walk up to you and say why don't you want to be friends with me anymore two great irish uh actors they test each other's limits in what could be a great podcast, essentially. Uh, something about, shut the fuck up, don't ever talk to me again, dude. I will cut my fingers off. One, every time you make a move on me, I will cut a finger off and I will fucking mail it to your front, front fucking door of your cottage that you live in with your sister. Because That's a lot, man. you're so annoying to me. We live in a tiny village with not much going on. And I'm a character that looks potentially a little bit older than your character. And instead of going to the pub every day, I want to learn how to write a little bit more of my fiddle music. And what you'll see is if I'm cutting off my fiddle and fingers, I won't be able to do that. Leave me alone because you're a dullard. And everyone in the town thinks you're kind of dull. And this just makes Colin Farrell's character go completely sad boy mode. He takes it upon himself to have this middle-aged adult crisis. And he does a really good job of expressing this on his face. He's showing the audience that he doesn't really know why the friend played by, drawing a blank on the name, great actor, been in a lot including gangs in new york also played an irishman alongside of uh liam neeson's character who played the priest uh, friend of leonardo he takes that role and he does wonders with it and there's moments that things get pretty dark there's a lot of relatable kind of uh situational humor and comedy within the show and uh ultimately um, if there already wasn't so many good movies this year, I would, I, I might even now bump this one up on the list. It's a, it's, uh, a, it's considered it's on HBO. a black tragic comedy. Yeah. And it's, it gives you, and it, it's definitely something that older, older white guys are going to really like. Cause it's a total like uh, Irish thing, which, um, yeah, guys love that. They love yeah, the, like I, thinking the, about, um, just what it would be like to be a, an ethnic minority, uh, an Irishman <laughs> here in the States, to be connected to a culture that they 
that would mean prioritizing all the things that they hold to be valuable, drinking Guinness at 2 p.m. and living with your sister as adults and just having their relationships actually pretty good. That was normal, which made the contradiction of the depression that was set in by just saying, I didn't, I didn't want to be friends with you anymore, mate. I didn't like you. I didn't want to see you anymore. And their head-to-head collision, because it's like a real leprechaun accent. So it's a really exaggerated Irish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, because they are way isolated, and on top of that, they're on an island. So they have, like, uh, supplies often, like, shipped into them. It's like how they're living. Uh, moving on. Yeah, I feel, I filled this out. This was my uh, this was my late homework assignment here. Yes. Uh, so I had a few to fill out, and really, I just filled it in with um, three movies. Uh, the only three movies that I've seen this year, outside of the ones we've talked about, um, Bullet Train, Brad Pitt's in it, and he assassinates people on a train. Um, that sounds great. It's in. It's based in Japan, a Japanese bullet train. Um, and it's, uh, it's a movie. Um, everything everywhere all at once was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. One of the craziest movies I've ever seen. Have you ever, have you heard about that movie? Yeah, I have. I haven't caught it. You know what it's on? What network? Um, or did you find it, um, elsewhere? Catalogs? United Airlines. Very nice. Uh, uh, anything like anything, I guess with Hulu, Hulu. You could probably you could watch it. Um, that is crazy. It's a it's a, a, di- a deep dive into the multiverse and the different and the challenges of parenting, uh, to put it lightly. But it is absurd. It is pure absurdity, I would say. And then uh, Morbius wrapping out the top ten. Morbius, which um, I've heard uh, is great. Are we recording? I thought we were. We are recording, right? Yes. Whew. (laughs) 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 Okay, for a moment. There was a moment there, just for a second. (laughs) I guess I lost where I was. Morbius, though. Yes. Morbius. More Morbius. With Jared Leto. I can't believe I forgot about that one. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Morbius yeah. was a huge 2020 hit. Yeah. It was 2020, right? Yeah. Huge hit. Um, everyone couldn't stop talking about it. Friend of the show. Uh, great um, contributor to uh, amazing uh, movie moments and movie magic. Jared Leto. Uh, uh, we love him and we know him. From uh, Suicide Squad Joker, um, which is SoundCloud rapper Joker, is uh, <laughs> is a is a better way you could you could describe his Joker care. It's Joker, right? Or is it? It's a Joker. It's a part of a. It's part of like a um, a comic book alternate. Is how they do it, or is, I don't know how they categorize it all. But there's a world, you know, this is Robert Margot, Margio, Robbie, the girlfriend. And she um, she's very beautiful. And she has a wonderful uh, future ahead of her and a lot of good movies coming out. 
Um, go see it, folks. We're gonna we we could also do a that is a movie episode for a show. That would be fun. I would like to do that. Some of the some of the uh, comments from this movie. Um, it was epic and awesome to watch. Morbius, which is probably number one. Um, a consumerist masterpiece that shows the function of a capitalist world built off of cinema and film industry. Ooh, slay. It should win an Oscar for its screenplay. Amazing plot. We love fans. <laughs> we love people that are willing to put their neck out there on the line and, and tell their true feelings about how they feel a piece of art is. The, I mean, it just, it looks great. It looks great. I think it, it, it got a 15 on Rotten Tomatoes. If you if you reverse that, that's an 85, which is really good. So uh, go love, out and go see We love numerology. We're big about numerology and what we know exactly. is that the critics exactly. often try to disguise real ratings. That's a big thing so with Hollywood. That, Hollywood. That's the, Hollywood. That's the Garbage Juice uh, Top 10. Uh, rounds out 2022. the Yeah. yeah. Um, um, look forward to uh, – we're going to get these lists out in print on um, – some of uh, our other outlets online, so you'd be able, all of our listeners right. would be able to listen Truth, to this. Mastodon, that's right. Um, get you out there, four chan, listener. Port, port, four chan. Truthing and retruthing our truths because they're truthful. That's what we do here in the show. So we got next TV up. shows coming up next, and next this up. is a big list here. TV shows. So year in list, of course, is doing um, lists of other well-known sites ar around the web and what they're pulling from for this tv shows list is a site known as little rip let me try that again <laughs> little white lies is the site and they're giving us 25 of the best tv shows so what i'd like to do Which is, is too many it's too many uh so how about Severus, we just skip all that how about we just skip all that because uh, I've only actually seen Severance. Have you seen any of these? Barry. I do recommend Barry. He's an aspiring theater guy. Af like an, uh, a grown man aspiring to get into theater. So a lot of overlap in my life. But he was also coming <laughs> as being a uh, vet from the um, Iraqi war. So he has a lot of PTSD and he's coping with that. And he's got a what what can be kind of an annoying girlfriend sometimes, but I think they love each other. And then his acting coach has uh, stepped into the mix over the course of a few seasons, played by Henry Winkler uh, of well known uh, Happy Days. Henry Winkler of Happy Days, well known as the Fawn, one of the coolest characters that your grandfather has ever seen. Listener, you don't know uh, Happy Days? That's okay, but you're great grandfather or grandparents they'll they'll know what that show is golden age so barry is a is a another dark comedy yes would you yes. say yes yep uh the white lotus also dark comedy very very entertaining i found myself really enjoying all the releases of that that season just ended a lot of uh sex and intrigue and murder i won't give it away because it's a rising action six or seven episodes per season and they just wrapped up uh releasing the second season mm. the first season mm. takes place in a resort in hawaii and the second one 
is taking place in um so you've Sicily. seen that and you would recommend it absolutely i do and there is uh maybe a bit of a uh slow like build up but like um like a soccer match it is about the build up sometimes yeah, we don't get we don't get the high scoring uh like west coast offerings of like uh you know, an early 2000s, mid-2000s Boise State. This is not a, like a <laughs> spread formation. But what we do get is a pretty well-told story um, by the uh, everyone involved here. So hats off it, to it them. It follows the guests and employees of the fictional White Lotus Resort chain whose stay is affected by their various psychosocial dysfunctions. Totally fucked up rich people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's so it feels real. Um, <laughs> so, so Barry's number two on, so white Lotus is number six on this top list. Yeah. Barry is number two. I have actually only seen number one. Yeah. Uh, which is severance, which is very, very good. Very, very good. Yeah. I well. want to see that one too. It is highly recommended. It's just a fantastic concept. It's a fantastic concept. Uh, essentially, there's a procedure in this universe, in this this show called severance, where you can um, sever your memories of work and life. So essentially, you live your life, and when you go to work, something turns off in your brain where you forget what your life is outside of work, and you only know your life in work. And when you leave work that switch flips again and you forget everything you just did the past eight hours and you go on with your life. Right. And I'm explaining it in a very simple way, but the way that they take this show and this concept, it is uh, incredibly interesting, mysterious, uh, funny at times. I, I think it is uh, very good, very good ah. show. I can't wait for season two. And the fact that, you know, me having time to watch a show uh, gives it already some props and severance is is really good. I love that description. That's a great uh, run through. I have seen the trailer. I am interested. I'm a huge uh, the the lead in there. I loved him. I'm like Adam Driver, Adam Carolla, Adam. Uh, he was the guy in uh, Parks and Step Rec. Brothers. Step Brothers. I loved his. I love his character in Step Adam Brothers. Scott. Adam, Adam Scott. Scott. A little, a little two first who, who plays Derek in, yeah, in great, Step Brothers. Great all-time uh, character in cinema. Yeah, and he's great in this show. In this show. I, I, okay, I'm just going to read the, all these names on these words for the listener just so they in their head can know um, what kind of garbage is on this list. Number one, Severance, Barry, The Last Movie Stars, Station Eleven, Somebody Somewhere, The White Lotus, For All Mankind. This is going to hurt. Bad Sisters, The Patient, Yellow Jackets, The Bear, The English, Hacks, The Good Fight, Pachinko, Ander, Abbott Elementary, Only Murders in the Building, Dury Girls, A League of Their Own, The Dropout, Babylon, Berlin, Under the Banner of Heaven, Peaky Blinders, as you're 25. No Ted Lasso on the list. That's kind of disappointing for um, old uh, Jason Sudeikis. We went over our our shows, the ones that we know about. Do you have any other shows uh, as a recommendation for the listener? 
No, I don't. I don't actually get to watch any. I don't consume media, so this whole exercise is very challenging for me. But I'm uh, I'm continuing to put in my best effort. Cool. And that's gonna be, <laughs> it's not a problem because again, a lot of our listeners are going to have an equal footing, and it's why they're podcast listeners because it's a more intelligent platform for ingesting media. This is a better way to get it. Um, get the good stuff, get the, get the real slice, the concentrated treat, the good slice right. of holiday, uh, pie that we all want the good cut of, um, a nice, uh, honey baked ham. You know, you want the good piece without all the, uh, uh, grizzly un unrendered fat. And I was, I'd just like to also say, if you haven't already watched the Aquatine hunger force full catalog. You might be like me, and then and you saw um, the first two seasons around 2006 and 2005. Yeah, even and watched, earlier. Even and you earlier, watched, yeah. And you watched just those shows of, this, of those first couple seasons, and you didn't think that it still went on. It still goes on. It just keeps going the way that you would hope <laughs> that it would go, and then it kind of keeps returning back to its, like, original thing. It's hard to do. It's like it. I, it's like maybe it went into a different direction. They called it different names, and there's probably like issues about ownership, about who was producing it and who was airing it. Mm -hmm. And television gets really complicated like that. Um, watching The West Wing, a little uh, <laughs> for me. This is a uh, just a real fantasy piece about a type of uh, bipartisan leadership that puts America first. They're big about wanting to. Um, at the end of every episode, essentially express the morals of this fictitious democratic administration that really puts reaching across the aisle um, type behavior of the Joe Biden administration to shame because they do it really well. <laughs> it's got the whole the whole series has to just a brilliant sheen. Like there was like for some reason Vaseline over the lens when they were recording, <laughs> but it's just it's like a type like of a movie. Soap opera yeah, it's just like a type of like uh, filter that you don't really see on movies or, or, or television anymore. Mm. And a lot of work went into it. A lot of what um, Aaron Sorkin, the director here, does so often, he takes the dialogue uh, through walking and talking through a scene. Right. You're walking right, right, right. and you're delivering the wittiest little quips back and forth that um, uh, a certain type of college educated viewer is just going to really cream their pants over. Just that full on, this is so brilliant and it's so smart. Pretty sure Family Guy made a joke about that. It's so, it's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's a well known, like, um, kind of thing, like, especially if you're around for the, you know, because that show came out in 2000. Um, check it out, folks. It's good for a laugh. Um, oh, yeah. The Sopranos. I caught that over the course. Oh. If you haven't seen oh. The Sopranos, folks, this, this is going to venture into like what you should have already seen. And that should be a show yeah. for another time. That, that, that's what you should have watched 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, any, any other recommendations of caught up since pandemic? That, that you should have been anyone should have been caught up or you want to save that for another sopranos the wire breaking the hey, wire. all the common things that everyone says yeah you know, things what, that what you is that watch. new one that that's from the people of the wire and also treme was from i think the same people 
Uh, that was a good one. That took place in post-Katrina New Orleans, and, and it has the same type of like, um, like laughing at type of cringe. Was it that, We Own This City? We Own the City. That's, that's a... And that's it's really good because it's, it's like a newer version of what The Wire uh, would have been like. Mm. And it follows um, Black Lives Matter like post-protest in the cities, and it really mirrors like real life because it goes through um, a racist cop's uh, rise to power and then and and inevitable they, getting caught. Because he was sloppy. Enough, he was sloppy. Uh, in that show, there's Jamie Hector, who is... Jamie Hector is the actor who played Marlo in The Wire. So they brought back yes, yeah. the same actor who You'll played Marlo it. to play a character in this show. You'll, you'll see a, a good amount of the cast throughout. So it'll be a nice little Easter egg for the viewer. So you got to watch those shows in order, of course, and you'll get the most out of it. That's a miniseries. I didn't, I, yeah. I, I don't know if miniseries qualifies for the best of list, but yeah, uh, maybe we'll have another list for that. Best miniseries. Um, Top so, music. Yeah. Lots of, lots of things here. Uh, none of it I've heard. Right. I'm going to turn this to you because I don't know. I know uh, it's funny to see Angel Olsen on here. I uh, didn't, didn't, that was surprising. Um, but yeah, we I don't love, know any of this. It. Maybe uh, Bjork, I know. Uh, you know, there's some names, there's some names that I know. But uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this to you. Obviously, uh, number one is Taylor Swift. I mean, she's just, yeah, she's everywhere. She's she's just the artist. She she's the Beatles and Led yeah. Zeppelin and um, Radiohead and like all all the best artists ever put Black together IPs. in one. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. So that, yeah, that's uh, number one. So this is covering um, albums by a uh, site known as Albumism. Albumism. Maybe a play on communism. That's a word uh, spelled like album with an ism at the end. And this is the 100 best albums. I don't think I copy and pasted all 100 albums. We don't know. We don't need to get that crazy. But I'll just uh, spit these out for our listener. Uh, number one, of course, Midnight's Taylor Swift's album. The second one is Kendrick Lamar's album. The third one is Wet Leg. Not familiar. Uh, four. Beyonce, everyone knows Beyonce. Uh, five, Harry Styles, uh, brilliant musician and actor. Number six, uh, Ethel Kane. Number seven, Robert Glasper. Number eight, Mary J. Blige. Good to see she's still putting out hits. Uh, number nine, The Smile. Ten, Bjork. Um, number 11, Florence plus The Machine. Number 12, uh, Danger Mouse and Black Thought. So that's going to be some uh, millennial core um, artists right there. Yes. Yes. You know them. Uh, 13, Amanda Shires. Uh, 14, Wise Blood, which I, I do have heard of them. You know, uh, maybe like a musician's singer-songwriter genre, you could say. Singer-songwriter mm. is usually a safe way to describe something. 
when you're uh, telling a friend, when they're asking you what type of music it is, you can just say singer, singer song, right? It's yeah, easy. Exactly. Yeah. It's anyone. If you see them, <laughs> if you see an image of them with a large hat, they have a hat on with a large brim all the way around it. It's got the three. That's the singer brim. songwriter. You could easily just say that's a, it's singer songwriter genre. And they say, "Oh, nice." They say, "Yeah." They'll they'll know what you mean. Um, Fifteen Salt, S A U L T. Um, Sixteen, Marin Morris. Seventeen, The Weekend. Wow, it's uh, it's a uh, that's high on the list. That's not very low. That's not that's that's low on the list. Depending on which way you look at it. For the uh, yeah, I mean Marin Morris. Yeah, the massively popular uh, artist, The Weekend. Uh, Eighteen, Angel Olsen. Um, that that's going to be probably on our top list for our music choices. And I, 19, I, out of that list, that's the only and Kendrick Lamar. Those are the only two yeah. I really. Uh, Sharon know. Sharon Van Etten, which I'm just going to say, I've heard that name a thousand times. But so probably singer songwriter is what I tell people that is. <laughs> uh, so what's Sharon Van Etten like? Ah, uh, she's a singer songwriter. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, no, number 20, Narina Palette. Uh, so there it is, folks. There's your top 20 album artists. So the albums associated with those artists that we just laid out. Uh, Lee, any thought uh, before we move into our faves? No. Uh, this top 20? No, I... I, 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 I uh, yeah, I wish this person, whoever made this, look, this list, the best luck in life. That, that's about it. Hopefully they got a good payday for writing this article. Maybe some kickbacks yeah, from some so. publishers. Good for them. Um, yeah, right. I'll take, I'll take a uh, Mary J. Blige. I'll take a um, Angel Olsen. I'll take a Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd. And I'll say, I'd listen to those albums. Sure, mm -hmm. throw them on. But uh, when it comes to our choices, we're going to tell you immediately, you just skip over anything that's come out recently, and you go right to the year 2008. You go directly back to... <laughs> that's before, an excellent idea. Before the end of the Obama administration, we have the best Obama, also a great list guy. He comes out with excellent lists every year of stuff that he totally watches and listens to. No one's doubting his list that he's putting out. Have you seen Obama's best of lists? Oh no, that's a, I that's a thing. That's that's a real thing. We, I guess we could cover it later in the show, later in an episode. But he does lists all the time, and it's very funny to see, um, like the way people break them down, and like artists themselves like tweet like, "What the hell is Obama doing listening to my music?" <laughs> It's like <laughs> specifically against his whole thing, but that's that's what our that's what our favorite politicians do. They know how to reach out and give voices to the audiences that matter the most about um, songs and and music and shows and television and poetry that is acceptable uh, to the certain newspapers coast to coast. But, uh, folks, if you're not already listening to bands like Hot Chip, uh, The Avalanches, 
uh fleet foxes uh, animal Gri- collective grizzly bear crystal castles deer hunter uh, girls um cut copy deep cuts uh arcade fire if you're not already taken in all of some of the best uh, the best of the best that has already been out there uh do yourself a favor and check in on um on the on the garbage podcast media outlets, we'll we'll send you some links to uh, yeah, so some music that is from a time where music was king. Uh, again, that's right, the Obama administration years of music. Any other good um, from two thousand eight from two thousand twenty two that you could recommend? Oh, no. Gun to your head. I, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't listen to anything. Um, that anyone's released this year. It's probably say, all trash. I will say, um, I don't recommend any type of modern country, but it is now <laughs> acceptable to listen to older country, something with a nice patinaed crystallized effect because it's been around for a couple of decades and it doesn't carry any other baggage with it of being uh, lame weak sauce. Like mm-hmm. so much new country does. Yeah, just yeah. skip right over LCD, was LCD sound year. system, um, and you could go into maybe some less dancey stuff, uh, more guitar-driven uh, artists like Kurt Vile, or uh, I, I'd even recommend Father John Misty and My oh, yeah. Jacket. Um, yeah, and the Boys of Animal Collective and all of their solo ventures. As a bit of um, a modern Grateful Dead, if you will. And given the opportunity, I would leave anyone or anything That's an interesting idea. At, a, at a drop of a hat and go on tour with them and follow them like people <laughs> would follow the Grateful Dead. I say that because that is that was one of uh, always like their inspirations discussed. That they uh, Panda Bear is that one? Of, was that one of their spinoff projects? Panda Bear is one of the artists. So it's Panda Bear, yeah. Geologist, Deacon, and Avitair. And Avitair mm. and Panda Bear do the vocals on Animal Collective. Mm-hmm. Geologist is more boards and Deacon was more drums. But they are um, a big group that's always interchanging. And they're always like doing different projects. And they've kept it up for like 30 fucking years. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm just looking through. I'm just looking through some of that 2008 stuff, and it's it's really really good. Uh, so, yeah, there's neon, no point talking about 2022 music. Neon Indian, Spoon, Doctor Dog, uh, a beach goth band called the Growlers that I didn't hear about until uh, post Golden Age of music around 2016. The Growlers, it's pretty good. We we brought them on the show before. Their music. We brought their music on the show before. Uh, always an open mic for any of the many great artists that we just and mentioned. By, do you know what else came out in 2008, Ryan? What's that? Tame Impala's EP. Yeah. Half full glass of wine. Um, a lot of people would have found out about Tame Impala after that, after that EP. And they would hear about it on, they'd hear Tim Paula on the radio station, and they would see Tim Paula at Coachella, and then they would see, um, not, they wouldn't see Coachella, Tim Paula, 
they would see it afterwards that that was actually uh, artists that everyone likes. And then they jumped on it. And Kevin from Tame Impala, also open mic on the show whenever. Come check yeah, us whenever out. It is. Huge, huge fans. Love his work. Love, love the way that he's doing all the instruments and middle fingers up to anyone trying to help him. He's just his own band. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> We're all about um, doing things on your own. Sing Singer-songwriter extraordinaire. Singer-songwriter. Kevin Parker. Yeah. Also recent collab with Gorillaz. Uh, saw that performed. Song. Saw that performed. I didn't realize it hadn't been uh, made public yet. So I thought that was pretty nifty. Saw it uh, live in uh, beautiful Alpharetta, Georgia at the amphitheater. That was a great show. A lot of really sweaty middle-aged men and women there having a great time massive massive size band the gorillas they have uh more members than you can really count or keep track of i don't know it's no one ever no one's no one really knows what the gorillas are it's a it's like a collective of musicians that right, are possibly right. interchangeable at any time and, but, so uh, okay, so that single was released this year. So that's that's my top twenty twenty two single is the awesome. Gorillas with Kevin Kevin yeah. Parker. There you go. Yeah, best Fucking best Gorillas album. Best Gorillas album. My opinion is Demon Days. I don't think anything. I, I don't think anything stacks up against Demon Days. Yeah, it's going to be hard is, to compete against uh, probably the brothers of of the Gorillas that were once of. The Verve, and I yeah. didn't realize this, yeah. but they they started off as a band, and they just didn't really like it. And I think that's what the monkey thing is, like you're just a monkey clapping cymbals when you're a part of these like like a big record label. So mm -hmm. they they wanted to express themselves a little bit more, and I think that's what the animation part of it is because I remember talking to, with people about this at the show and they came here and not really knowing much about what their whole thing is, what their, what their vibes about. Of course, it's, uh, from, it's from London, from the UK. That's shocking. How can you not know anything about the gorillas and be at a gorilla show? It's not, um, because it's not in my native language. I don't, I thought it was a cultural reference from the queen's English. With the animation, what? I I just had the assumption that the animation side of it was a reference to a to a thing or a show somewhere over the pond, and um, uh, still don't know what it is, but I I appreciate it and I did love seeing them live. Demon Days when was that? A two thousand eight, two thousand five, two thousand five. But, but yeah, whatever. Anything between 2001 and 2008 to 2012, you, you really can't go wrong there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. 2022. <laughs> go fuck yourself, all right? I don't need it when it comes to music, any media, really. Um, We'll keep a couple see. of those TV shows and movies and the rest, you know, you we don't can need have it back. We don't need it. We can scrap those servers. There's, there's nothing good anymore. We're, when you get to be 35, there's no art anymore. You realize it very A lot of people clearly. are saying this. There's every, everything is fake and has no meaning. 
There's no art. And if you want to experience art, you have to basically have to live in some basement in New York City and like meet the pe meet some random uh, creatives that live amongst the rats in your similar uh, area, right? It, it just it's not it's not something that you can just find easily anymore. It's not just going to be provided to you or or you can't I, I don't know I don't I guess we don't look at music uh, as much as we did in 2008 in terms of finding different things that we didn't know about but uh I I think that's something that a lot of people are saying is that there's just no art anymore. So when you look at these best of lists as fun as it is as it is to pontificate on the magnificence of one versus the other it's like comparing one steaming pile of crap person versus one another steaming pile of crap you know this is a great point um in conjunction with the 90s being the last decade of earth and everything that we get now in art in the field of art is means tested it's like mm -hmm. this has to pass a certain amount of stuff and Matt Damon right. did a good little bit on this in that show where they eat chicken wings called Hot Ones. And he talked yes. about this as... As somebody who's been intimately involved in movie making for 30 years, what are the macro Hollywood conditions behind that sentiment? Well, so what happened was um, the DVD was a huge part of our business, of our revenue stream. And technology has just made that uh, and so obsolete. The movies that, that we used to make you could afford to not make all of your money when it played in the theater because you knew you had the DVD coming behind the release and six months later you'd get all you know a whole nother chunk it would be like reopening the movie almost and when that went away that changed the type of movies that we could make I did this movie behind the candelabra and I talked to a studio executive who explained it was a 25 million dollar movie i would have to put that much into print and advertising right to, to market it um what we call pna so i'd have to put that in pna so now i'm in 50 million dollars i have to split everything i get with the exhibitor right the people who own the movie theaters so i would have to make a hundred million dollars before i got into profit and and the idea of making a hundred million dollars on a story about like this love affair between these two people yeah, I love everyone in the movie, but I, it's a, that's, a, that's suddenly a massive gamble in a way that it wasn't in the 1990s when they were making all those kind of movies, the kind of movies that I loved and, and the kind of movies that were my bread and butter. To hear this, uh, and it's the first time that I'd kind of heard anything about it, but essentially we don't get the creative art house kind of wackadoodle action thriller adventure horror that we used to get. We, didn't, we don't get the weird guy characters that just don't look already like perfected over Another, a thing about well, that, the West that's Wing. The popularity of a 24 also is like, that's one, one studio that's producing. They're, uh, they're bold enough in, in a way because his, his whole thing was like, if, if you're um, someone in the position to make a movie, it, it's an investment. So you want to make sure that it works. So instead of reaching for art, uh, because of a world also where, where funding is, is questionable, it's not a free-flowing fuckfest orgy like it used to be with venture capital being, um, you know, the rivers flowing like that of the Nile in the wet season. Things are um, maybe uh, drying up a little bit, so there'll need to be a renaissance because everyone is already sick and tired of the same old crap that we get, the same old reboots. 
and franchise systems that don't offer us anything new. The stuff that we love to see is not really there the way that it used to be there. But a part of like a uh, funny thing about watching the West Wing is the amount of guys that are bald or balding. They don't do that anymore. It's gross. Mm. Get hair plugs, be born perfect, or get away from the fucking camera. It's actual just like bald guys. And not just like, um, you know, The Rock, I guess, is a shaved head guy sometimes. Yeah. In movies, Vin Diesel, probably because he has a, a hairline that's uh, just atrocious. So he'll never uh, allow you to see that. Um, but if uh, you're someone out there that has a male pattern receding like myself and balding, you have uh, no chance of being a beautiful creature behind uh behind the camera because it's all it's got to be perfect all the guys have to be models because everything like that is just going to help the audience fall madly and deeply into some kind of trance when they when they watch it i don't know i think i like the a24 uh it's kind of like the i don't know the the everything all at once everything everywhere all at once it's an a24 movie I haven't seen a lot of them this year, but the creativity, the uniqueness, the artistic vision of those productions, it's really... Um, and the willingness to put in um, characters. Like, remember the twins in Uncut Gems? Those guys yeah. were just... Like, they're not actors. The story behind it is pretty funny, but they're <laughs> they're just weird guys. And they used that used to be a thing. I mean... Uh, Actors used to be people that would like take a a, a boxcar, jump on a rail line, and and do uh, rodeo clownmanship until they got to Hollywood one day, and then uh, you know someone saw them and say you'd be pretty good behind a camera. Now it's just people that were born into Hollywood by having parents in the industry. Because those things get premieres to show up with the right people, their parents, the right class of individuals. It gets the proper buzz because all this stuff is fucking metrics out the wazoo. It's talked right. about recently. There was a New York Times article about nepotism babies, but it's essentially the topic why we don't get any original type of weirdo right. characters. They're all just children of wealth. And so they can do the thing where they just wait around until a movie's ready to be produced or shot. And they don't have to worry about, um, you know, surviving in between. Yeah. Yeah. It, it a lot reduces of forces. The, the starving artist type of um, creative engine that uh, is really important. So in closing, uh, 2022, Ryan, what are your thoughts, comments? Because um, I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh yeah. A minute or two. Yeah, I'm glad it's over. Happy to be done with it. Um, again, this year will, uh, a couple years from now, not going to remember much from it. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of our listeners can can take away that. that. It was that year. It was that year that wasn't COVID. Right? Yeah, it was, it was the year the, it was that the was like year. we're leaning back into uncovetizing ourselves. And by the help right. of, of great leaders, uh, coast to coast, uh, Dr. Fauci, Ron DeSantis, Kamala Harris, great, great leaders in our country that help us get back to normal. Um, I, I do like to put up a little bit of a sports talk. We'll get out of here. Um, 
the highest paid NFL players all time. It's a top 10, right? And it's listing the amount of money that they make per game or total. I'm not sure. I think this is this has to be over their career. Tom Brady is he making three hundred three million per game? (laughs) But soccer players get like that kind of money, right? This is not. This is not the most per athlete though, because some sports they give like crazy amount of money. Okay, so Tom Brady making three hundred three million. We understand why that is happening because uh, isn't he isn't he hot right now again? He's about to fucking. He's the best ever. He's the best on all of his. He's children. the best that, to ever do it, and the best that ever will do it. It's like um, un. It's, it's hard like to Wayne Gretzky. It's like Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky has more assists than any other player has total points combined, like goals and assists. Like he's so he's so far above everyone else in his in his ability and played for so long. It's Tom. Tom Brady is the same. Like this is the greatest of all time. Like there'll never be a number, another number twelve. That's it. It's hard to imagine, folks. Like how who's gonna who's gonna press him for like the the, the heights that he's reached. None uh, of these fucking goofballs that play in the league so right let's, now. That's let's, for sure. Let's go through this list. Number two, Drew Brees at two hundred seventy million. Number three, uh, the only POC on the list, person of color, Ben Roethlisberger. At 276 million. Uh, number four, I, folks, I don't know how this happens. Matt Ryan, 267 million, uh, has to be one of the most hated quarterbacks of our era. Has has to have had the equal amount of dog shit, terrible losing season as any winning season. And if you ask any any Falcons fan anywhere in the world right now, they they would not put Matt Ryan on this list. But here he is, two hundred sixty seven million. Number five, Aaron Rodgers, two hundred sixty four million. Uh, being doing good things about uh, discussing the dangers of I- mRNA and the uh, the uh, the vaccines. Um, number six. Eli Manning, two hundred fifty-two million, coming right above his brother Peyton Manning, two hundred forty-nine million. Which is a great trivia question because I would not have guessed that. How did that work? How did that work out? But I guess the final years of Eli, cost of living increases, probably negotiated from the players' union, probably uh, helped push that up. Because otherwise, Peyton Manning at number seven um, should be so much higher. I would just imagine. Uh, number eight, Philip Rivers, who had well, a hot I, run. I'm, I'm going to Go interrupt ahead. you real fast. Yeah. I'm looking at something here that shows Matt Ryan estimated career earnings is at 320 million. Amazing. This list is from Business Insider, posted by Front Office Sports on Twitter. So who knows the validity? So if you think Matt Ryan's made a lot of money for being a very average quarterback. He was Maybe. he was MVP one year. I do see yeah, that. But, yeah, like uh, he, he had a winning season once. <laughs> and uh maybe that's like a total earning with like endorsements and uh you know advertising. Or is that just he, he's made twenty four he made twenty four million dollars this year to lead a team to a four ten and one record. And I don't think Amazing. I think they benched him at this point. 
it is amazing, and it makes me laugh every time I hear about him because it's him sucking. Uh, <laughs> so number eight, Philip Rivers, two hundred and forty-four mil. Uh, Rivers. Uh, Philip Rivers had a hot run, and that kind of makes sense. Uh, Matthew Stafford, number nine, two hundred and thirty-nine million. All in all, pretty close there. Uh, number ten, that's uh, A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, one hundred and ninety million. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen A. Smith having uh, just the right type of attitude to lead a team. It's going to be his way or the highway. Alex Smith, right from uh, taking the Alex Smith taking the the San Francisco team. Uh, he played for Washington and San Bills. Francisco. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up some sports news in the world of the sports that matters: football, American football. Um. Any predictions on the closing of the NFL season? Eagles are going to win a lot. They, they'll probably make it the Super Bowl. And the Bills. I just think the Bill. I think Josh Allen is uh, just too good. Except Trevor Lawrence heats up at the right time. Folks, we've, seen him, we've seen Trevor Lawrence win at every level. And the fact that there hasn't been a massive injury – and the fact that there hasn't been a lot of uh, reason to like blame any of the Jaguars' uh, dismal performances of the last few seasons on Trevor Lawrence is is really helpful. The fact that like he didn't have to do anything great, he just had to not get hurt and get accustomed to the NFL. And I think he's going to have a chance, folks, because again, winners. He's only twenty three years old. I mean. Yeah, quarterbacks last. It, they can last. That is right. It's easier for guys like him can as a, a, like a over um, over a running back, right? Wide receiver, like the quarterback could last, and he could have um, many more years under his belt to uh, get out of the Jaguars program and into a, a higher funded city. <laughs> That's <laughs> gonna offer him a better, better way of life and getting uh, to uh, Super Bowls. He, he's he's really happy being in Jacksonville. You can just tell. He's, I mean, he's being excited. a he's he is a he's a Florida Georgia line guy. Uh, we got to get him on the show. I'm pretty sure he's from around here in the Atlanta area. He went to school down the street in uh, West South Carolina. So. <laughs> He's, he's in the Margaritaville Archipelago Triangle, and he understands the lifestyle. And the natives of the Jacksonville region um, are they're willing to pledge their allegiance and bend the knee. Look, he's they've won three straight now against the Titans, Cowboys, and Jets, all pretty decent teams. Look, we'll we'll do another pod on the Jags, and uh, you know, I guess we'll watch them this Sunday. Yeah, that'd be um, good. I'd like to do that, and uh, you know, do a little, do a little uh, booth commentating on the Jag. Who the Jags got this week? Jags, Houston, Texans. Yeah, it's it's uh, division endings. So it's it's Houston Texans and Tennessee Titans to end up their season. And the Tennessee yeah. Titans game, I think, is the game that matter. I I keep forgetting That's the because big one. That's had, a big one. That's probably really going to be for the division. It really had problems with both these teams but more recently Houston this year I think so someone saying they but lost Titans, to Houston Titans Houston's have, won two games 
And I'd, one of them's against Jacksonville. I'd say the past few years of, of the matchups with the Titans, the Titans have had our number, and that's been really annoying. And uh, best of luck to the Trevor Lawrence Jaguars and everyone there uh, in TIA Stadium. I've been corrected by a lot of fan mail. It's no longer Alltel Stadium. That was, again, something from probably about uh, the Obama administration or just before that time. It is the TIA a TIAA Bank Stadium <laughs> in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. Beautiful downtown scene. Um, type of downtown where you could be out there on a Friday evening, driving around, finding all types of parking spots, cruising the wide open streets of a downtown that is on the river. Um, it is a it's a it's one of the largest northward flowing rivers in uh, North America. And um, it moves at a kind of a slow pace. So things are um, microorganisms and single cell things often get trapped. <laughs> and they don't, they don't flush out like they should, causing um, And then they grow concern. up and become Jacksonville residents. They come, they, it's a part of the air. The beautiful they climb out of that water. Brackish water air going out to the Atlantic Ocean, helping feed... Um, into the uh, the Florida jet stream that helps keep the coast nice and warm during uh, crazy winter conditions that we've had. All right, Any, folks. Anything else? Anything else for hey, our best that's, that's our twenty. That's our twenty twenty two wrap. Um, I wish you Ryan a happy and healthy and safe new year. Uh, and we'll see everyone in twenty twenty three. All right, we're going to be putting some tour dates up here on the website. So everyone can get your tickets for uh, Ryan's comedy special. Um, and uh, podcast, what could be possibly our tour dates? It's gonna, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a great list, and yeah, we we thank you all for for checking out our best doves. And if you got any comments, Gary, Indiana, it. yes, Lawrence, Kansas. That's right. These are some of the possible arenas in Reno, Nevada, that we could be playing around the world. Spokane, Washington. Any place. Billings, Montana. Might have a history of bad bad. <laughs>